on this special edition of the Stone On Air podcast on the back end of the spring tour stops. At JJ's Bohemia in Chattanooga, Scott Carney of Waxfang explains how his song The Majestic was a catalyst to the 150th episode of the animated series American Dad. So this guy happened to work on the show American Dad, and when he went back to L.A., and he started showing some of this footage to uh, executive producer Mike Barker, heard our song Majestic, and it, it ignited a spark in his brain for an episode that he was writing that would become the Lost in Space episode. And at Tennessee Brew Works in Nashville, Tennessee, Letitia Wolf, a.k.a. Meta Dead, reflects on a time on the road with the late, great Chris Cornell. I was dating his guitar player when he was on tour as um, Chris Cornell. One of my favorite stories about it, which is what I posted on Facebook, was when we were all standing backstage and it was five minutes till they were supposed to go on. And Chris comes in in a full monk's cloak with his laptop open. And he comes in and he's like, guys, I need everyone to gather around. This is very, very important. <laughs> and so we're all like, oh my God, what could this be? And he- my name is Brian Stone and the Stone On Air podcast starts right now. Stone On Air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone On Air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone On Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone On Air coming up. Stone On Air. You have a right to be returned safely to Earth. On what grounds do you base this preposterous notion? Um, on the grounds that when you guys abducted me, you separated me from true love. Are you willing to take the test to prove it? I am. Well, okay then. Let's wake up the Majestic. Wait, what? Well, how did you think this test works? I didn't know what to think, man. Well, Jeff, our test involves a creature called the Majestic, which delves into your memories of alleged love and displays them for all to see. And now, to help us wake up the majestic, the summoner. And welcome into the Stone on Air podcast. Probably wondering, what in the hell was that? Give me a minute. It's always interesting when... You look for something that you know, is interesting, because that's what I do every day of my life, is look for things that are interesting. And I get a lot of feedback from people who, who give me ideas or you know, rabbit holes to go down. And then when you start to look at them, the stories basically start to tell themselves, which is, which is pretty cool. And that happened recently with uh, Wayne White here. Uh, he's not local anymore, but he's from Chattanooga, Tennessee. He's a... Uh, an incredible artist, and it was like, hey, you should go talk to this guy named Wayne White. And I think, well, okay, sure, all right, whatever. And then you start looking, and you realize, oh, oh, this guy's wife wrote the pilot episode of The Simpsons, and this guy's art direction for Peter Gabriel and and, and Smashing Pumpkins. And so I bring that up to say that there was another one of those similar situations 
where friends of mine were like, you need to check out this band. I think you'll like them. And uh, I hear that a few times, and then I finally do, and then you see something that's outside of the normal just band duties thing of a, of a, of a show like American Dad and music that has been used in that show in a monumental show, the 150th of this long-running television show. More on that coming up here in a minute. But it always just kind of, that, that starts to fascinate me more. Like, hold on, hold on. Whoa, oh, wait a second. And maybe that's not fair to the people who haven't had the opportunities to do things outside of just being a musician or just being an actor or just being a illustrator or or whatever. I don't I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But this is another one of those instances. And joining me today as this has kind of turned into the de facto spring tour here live remote uh, podcast to tape this is the stone on air podcast my name is brian stone at stone on air on all social media it started at 420 in atlanta and had a conversation with somebody from tennessee cannabis coalition and then it ended up at the uh, running the chihuahuas with hits 96 and it'll end the end of this show will be from nashville and the uh, the tennessee brew works block party with the dead dads here and then Today, the third stop on the spring tour at JJ's Bohemia here, back here on on the back porch before the Wax Fang show. And with me right now is the front man from the band Wax Fang, Scott Carney, and went went around the moon to go five steps to get to to who my guest is. But I, I mean, I I appreciate you kind of last minute in the middle of last week. I I reached out to you to to sit down and chat with me for a few minutes, and I, I certainly do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Coming from the radio world, I get that a lot. Of, of like, hey, you need to listen to this. Hey, you need to listen to this. Hey, you need to listen to this. And, and as growing up and, and being the guy who wanted to know the new band first, you know, when I was younger, I don't care about that as much now, but I wanted to be the guy that knew the new band first. Um, sometimes I say, okay, yeah, I'll get around to that. But when I, when I saw the, uh, the, the TV show, the American Dad show that you were involved in, it, it really piqued my interest. Again, we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. But I, I love the sound, and I've just, I'm brand new. I know you're, you know, overnight sensation after, you know, 20 years or whatever the case might be. But I don't know much more than your name, Scott Carney, and your band, Wax Fang. Tell me a little bit about yourself, if you would, please. Well, uh, born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. Been playing music most of my life. Is it as cool a town as people say? Uh, it depends on what your definition of cool is. Yeah. But, uh, I like it. It keeps me there, so I guess that says something. Yeah. Um, it's changed a lot in the last several years, so um, I, I feel like it's getting better and better. Um, growing up, there wasn't much to do but things like play music with your friends and stuff. That's how I got into this crazy mess. And uh, let's see. I went away to school in college, studied filmmaking, came back and started a band. Where'd you go to school? I went to a place called Pittsburgh Filmmakers Institute up in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was going to say, was it in Pittsburgh? Because we've got sure sometimes is. you get, uh, what, oh, right. uh, what is it? It's College of Phoenix. It's in like Texas or something. Right, but yeah. <laughs> no, this actually is in Pittsburgh. So filmmaking was something you were uh, really interested in uh, growing up then? Huh? Yeah, I've always dabbled in music and filmmaking and tried to sort of tie the two together. And when filmmaking became too expensive to sort of pursue um, I guess you really do have to have a lot of backing and a lot of yeah a lot I mean, of people working with you. Yeah, for sure. So I decided to just make cinematic music instead, which is how Wax Fang started. And so Louisville, Kentucky, that's still home. It is. Yes, I've moved back there since. The band started when? Give me a timeline of the band. You um, the first iteration of the band started in 2005. So it's been a little while now. Yeah, 12 years and running. 
And then you had a, sh- uh, a shake up at some point where you uh, changed some members and then continued on into, yeah, into, into where so, you're at now. Yeah, so I'm the last of the original members and uh, got a new lineup at the moment uh, that I feel like is the best lineup. Let me just ask like a really simple question that doesn't need any build up or uh, what you know any kind of walking around in circles to get to. Wax Fang. What in the world is that? Where does that come from? Wax Fang was one of about 150 names that I dreamed up. Okay. It's uh, a process of elimination in process certain Process of line. elimination. And I, with the first uh, lineup, when we decided to become a band, I brought all these names to them. And it, it, the original name was Wax Fang, singular, and the bassist added an S. I'm sorry, no, it was plural. And the basis subtracted the S. I was going to say, am I getting name wrong the whole time? <laughs> no. I thought it was singular now. I'm just getting my own information <laughs> incorrect. Like okay, always. I was thinking, oh man, I screwed that one up. Yeah. Reach over here and rewrite that down over there. <laughs> so that was the one we all agreed on for whatever reason. And so it doesn't have any kind of deep, uh, complex meaning. Because you know, sometimes people, it always seems like there's ne- there needs to be a meaning to everything. Sometimes there's just not. Sometimes you yeah, just come up with. Yeah, you know. The meaning to me is my personal relationship to the band, the people that I play music with, the songs and the music that we make. Um, People can interpret that as they wish. I think the thing we all liked about it and the thing I still like about it today is it's sort of oxymoronic effect, you know, wax fang. It's this, it's kind of like Led Zeppelin in a way. I got you. It's it's sort of, you know, it's threatening, but not threatening. Sure. You've you've got a a newer release out. I don't don't remember Mm -hmm. how new it is. It came out last week. Okay. Yes. Brand new then. Very new. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I'm only more familiar and only two weeks familiar. So sure. in other words, not familiar. Right. Um, with 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 your music, so it would be the older stuff. Where have you taken a different step in any direction? Are you working on different kind of things? How how would you describe the new album, and and the makeup with the, where the band is now and and the sound you have coming? Um, out? this album is sort of a return to. I guess you would call more traditional songs and songwriting compared to our last record, which was a 42-minute space rock opera, um, which had songs that were 18 and 11 minutes So it was, long conce- it was conceptual. It. Yes, that album was very conceptual, and this one was, you know... Stripped uh, down, let's just make some rock and roll. Let's just make some rock and roll. And they both have a, a, a good place in, in music world, and some, sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes it's necessary, sometimes it's not, depending yeah. on, on what, you know, what you're trying to achieve, I guess. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Um, I'll get to that uh, that episode of that uh, American Dad here in just a minute. I, I do w- want to uh, kind of just I'm interested in your relationship with my morning jacket. Um, my my friends, the Dead Dads, who are going to be on in the final segment of this show, uh, are, a, are a very new band, all girl band, and they're they have a real uh, cult following, and they're beginning to become um, regionally pretty strong. And I, I believe that it's a niche. It's it's a little bit of a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 real and it's it's incredible music. But they got a jumping off point because um, a couple of the girls, one in particular, knew just out of happenstance, ran into Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm, mm. and they became friends. Mm-hmm. And so Lizzie had them on their tour after they were banned for like a year. Yeah. And, and while the not out of charity, I mean they are a quality uh, outfit of mm-hmm. musicians. But without knowing her, they wouldn't have necessarily got that slot, and sure. it, it was huge for them. Right? Is is there any similarities to that to with 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 your relationship with My Morning Jacket, or or or, or what is that relationship? And, sure. and how I, I'm obviously hanging out with Jim James and My Morning Jacket isn't going to hurt your situation, right? But if you could just speak to that a little bit. Sure. Long story short, um, 
a couple of those guys and I grew up in the same neck of the woods. They're just maybe a year older than I am. Oh, so it goes uh, back a long way. So we all grew up in uh, a part of town called Hikes Point and then ended up at the same high school. Um, we were never really friends or hung out per se. Um, Jim and I both had bands in high school that kind of were involved in different scenes, so to speak. Did and you go to the same high school? We did. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he got My Morning Jacket underway, and they were already you know, pretty successful at that point. I think they were on their Z record. Um, and that would have been around 05, maybe, 06? Something like that, I'm yeah. I'm not a crazy fan of My Morning Jacket, but I do. Mm-hmm. I am a fan. Yeah. So I had like a EP of some demos that I had made and was kind of distributing by hand. And I ran into him one night and gave him a copy, and he liked it. And then I fell into a relationship with a guy named Kevin Ratterman in Louisville, Kentucky, who became who would become our drummer, uh, our first drummer for the band. And Jim and Kevin are uh, good buddies. Okay. And so um, when it came time for them to do touring, kind of similar situation, we were only a band for about a year. And they asked us to go out on the road with so them. So it is pretty similar to the one. Yeah, I was absolutely. About. I mean, so you never know. I mean, who you're going to run into and how things are going to benefit mm-hmm. you in the future. How many times have you uh, played uh, like on a on a leg of a tour or w- w- with them? I mean, we we did one leg of a tour in 2006, and we played New Year's Eve at the Fillmore in San Francisco that same year, and we played one more show with them in 2010. Uh, it was a hometown show, and that was the show that kind of led into the My Morning or uh, the American Dad gig. Sure, yeah. and which I want to get to. Uh, recording live to tape at JJ's Bohemium, I guess is Scott Carney from the band Waxfang, and I watched the episode today. I, I just just today, literally. I'm not really a fan of of that show because between the the years of 2000 and probably around 2011 ish. And maybe even before 2000, but for a long period of time, I was kill your TV guy. Mm-hmm. I was like, TV is dumb, dumb, dumb. You're a zombie for watching TV. I was wrong. Maybe not so much that far back, but I believe that now TV is some of the most incredible uh, sure. entertainment you're going to find. And yeah. I, you know, there's just amazing television. I, I think I was very, very wrong on that for a long time. And so when that, you know, that show fell right into that time frame, it was like, oh, hey, Family Guy 2, can't wait for this. You know, that was one of those kind of just me being an asshole about it. Right. Um, so I've only seen a little bit of it, but I watched the episode today. And when I kind of was referring to it at the beginning, when you, it's almost like uh, of the podcast here where you start to look more and you see more things. And then I see Michael McKeenan has got a voice on the show. And mm-hmm. I see, you know, freaking Sinbad. You know, I mean, I don't care about Sinbad, but that was, I was like, damn, Sinbad's in this too. And right now, speaking of TV, Better Call Saul is just, I'm obsessed with, and Michael McKeon's in that, and I know his, most of his catalog of his career. It's like, this is really damn cool. And, and then, then your music is prevalent in that, the 150th, 150th episode of the show. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, it's, it's a milestone episode. For sure. Could, could you tell me how that came about? And, and it's interesting to know that you're into, in, into film and, and how that, so that must have been something you were excited about, no doubt. I mean, we'd be excited no matter what. But yeah. can you talk to that a little bit? Absolutely. So we had played, again, we had played the show with My Morning Jacket at this uh, arena called the Yum Center in Louisville. The Kentucky. Yum, yeah, because yeah, it's owned yes. by uh, like KFC yeah. and Pizza all those. Hut, yeah, yeah, Taco yeah. Bell, all <laughs> that bullshit. Yeah, wonderful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Yum Yum Center or whatever so, that was called. Um, there was coincidentally a documentary film crew in town. A guy was making a little uh, documentary about My Morning Jacket and their relationship to their hometown. Uh, our hometown of Louisville, Kentucky. Sure. And um, so this guy happened to work 
on the show American Dad. And when he went back to L.A. and he started showing some of this footage to uh, executive producer Mike Barker. I was about to say, his name starts with B, Mike Barker. Mm-hmm. Mike Barker heard our song Majestic and it it ignited a spark in his brain uh, for an episode that he was writing. Uh, that would become the Lost in Space episode. And that was the beginning of the show when uh, Michael McKeon's character, the little space blob guy, is introducing this other space blob guy. Mm-hmm. And then he sings virtually, I mean, the song's not the entire song because it's, uh, it's longer than that, but the, the meat of the song, yes. the whole thing, well, <laughs> if, if nothing else comes out of that episode, I've got... Selfish, inconsiderate jerk. I've got that I can use for the rest of my life, and I've got... You fail. <laughs> I've got both of those. Selfish, inconsiderate jerk. You fail. I'll never <laughs> n- not use those ever again. <laughs> um, and then they, then this this thing, this thing character sings that song uh-huh. while, while it shows the, uh, the human um, <laughs> just treating his girlfriend like crap, basically, when he's... Uh, I, I, whatever, you watch the episode and, and mm-hmm. interpret it how you want but it was pretty incredible and so they just said let's do this and 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 did they did, did they did you go to like meetings and meet them out and out out in LA or anything or I, how, how does I that did. correspondence work um we did we had some phone conversations he wanted to use the song and then we convinced him to let me uh provide music and score the entire episode um Minus the last piece of music that he chose, I forget what it was. Um, so it wasn't. Ju- I, I'm always a little curious as to what exactly score means. I mean, I know like Randy Newman. That's what he's. He does scores. You know, <laughs> short people in those songs. I love L.A. Mm-hmm. Those songs, but he does scores for movies. Right. Did you do additional music outside of mm-hmm. of that you just already had recorded? What yeah. It's like, here's three songs and use these. You actually went in and made yeah. like that. Dun, 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 dun. I'm just making up a noise. Here. Yeah. There are they're like cues, yeah. um, which are just like dun 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 kind of sure. things uh i made some i even went as far as to make some like um sort of like sound special effects kind of things uh because i like to play with synthesizers and yeah. um little uh ipad apps that make kind of just noise maker sort of sounds yeah, there's um, as much as the ipad app that i get you fail <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah no i know what you mean so um so i wrote you know there's a scene in the elevator i wrote that little ditty it's like a little like R&B number with like a flute, a solo flute yeah. uh, lead thing going on. And then several things like that. Uh, we used a couple other pieces of Wax Fang songs in the show. Um, some selections from our album, The Astronaut. And so for some reason, just that one episode? I mean, I know, you, I know, yeah. I know it was just that one, but it was just something about the way your music sounded, the way that particular sound at the time, that song, the Majestic, that song I know really well. Yeah. Um, that just fit what his vision was because it is a bizarre episode. I mean, it is they're a in outer space. Episode. It's like a mall. It's like something about slavery, but it, not in any kind of slavery that we know in you know American English. You know, it, it's it's bizarre. It's very bizarre. Um, he just thought that it worked perfect for that. He one just episode. loved that song, and so he wrote it into the show. That's awesome, man. And That's so cool. Then you know, as a way of sweetening the deal, so to speak, we offered to. Uh, to provide music for the whole episode. That's an it's an incredible episode. I don't know anything about the show, but I really enjoyed watching it today. And and, and more fascinated the more I talk to you. We're already pushing twenty minutes here, and uh, I know you've got to get ready for the show here tonight. So I don't want to waste any more of your time. I thank you so much for jumping here. But I did basically strong arm you and and make you 
play a song for the the podcast. Is that mm-hmm. still a thing? Or we go? Are we still still are, a thing? I haven't I haven't run you off just yet, right? We're gonna try it, but listeners, if you don't hear it, that's because it sucked. <laughs> that's because it sucked, <laughs> and he wouldn't let me use it. It'll we're, be on, we're gonna, we're it'll gonna be on some B roll on something. When I'll, I'll release it like six months later, right? And then somebody will have it. You're never not recorded. You know that. You know, know that. that. My name is Brian Stone. This is the Stone on Air podcast. My guest is Scott Carney. The, the the main uh, member who's who's been here the whole time for Wax Fang and not Wax Fangs Wax Fang and uh, it's just an, a real treat and I appreciate you being here. A quick break. We'll get back. We'll play a tune. I'll let him get back. And get ready for the big show tonight, and uh, then we'll talk to the Dead Deads live from Nashville at the Tennessee Brew Works block party that is coming up here uh, just shortly after this next segment too. So big week, big fun, big time here in the springtime. In Chattanooga, Tennessee. The Stone on Air podcast is the most listened to, the most downloaded, the most easily accessible show in the city of Chattanooga. And we will be right back. Stone on air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. And welcome back to the Stone on Air podcast. My name is Brian Stone. Coming up here in the next like month, guess what that means? It's a one-year anniversary of a firing. And everything that led up to that firing. And a year later, the clarity is so much easier to see. So, yeah, we'll be talking some junk about some local uh, media companies over the next month and a half. Oh, you just, you're just bitter guy is going to have a field day with this one. But that's coming up May and into the end of June. Right now, it is the third stop on the 2017 Spring Tour stops of the Stone On Air podcast. 420 in Atlanta, running to the Chihuahuas, live here at JJ's Bohemia, and the final stop in Nashville at the Tennessee Brew Works block party with the Dead Deads, which will be coming up in the next two segments. Right now, one more quick go-around with Scott Carney from Wax Fang, who you hear in the background. And uh, he wasn't planning on playing music with me, but I, I brought him acoustic and said, here, play this thing. Scott, thanks for being here, man. I really do appreciate it. You didn't know me from any old asshole that, that, that sent you an email through your website. So. <laughs> right. Thanks for having me. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, coming up here, you guys got to get ready for a show, so I want to get out of your way. What, uh, what are we going to play? What are, what are we doing? We're going to play a song called Things I Do For Fun off our record that just came out last week called Victory Labs. All right. The brand new album is out, and this is one from that. And this is the Stone On Air podcast, and this is Scott Carney from Wax Fame. Take a magnifying glass and hold it up and stare into the sun. I can't explain the things I do for fun. Can't recommend them to just anyone who isn't willing to be blinded for the chance to see the light. I can't proclaim the day. 
will never come But when it does, I'll be here sing Come on everybody, let's get ready to go Because we're going downtown We're going to a fucking bullshit the strangest thing you've ever done I got you beat by a million and one I can't excuse the missteps of my past the human body isn't built to last it's not designed to stand the test of time sometimes you have to lay it on the line cause if you don't you might regret it yeah in fact I'm gonna Come on, everybody, let's get ready to go because we're going downtown. We're going to a rock and roll show. Tell me you want me like I want you, girl. Tell me you need me like you need a hole inside your head the size of a bullet. Take away the safety net. Come on, everybody, let's get ready to go because we're going downtown. We're going to a rock and roll show. Scott Carney from Wax Fang live on the Stone On Air podcast right before the show here at JJ's Bohemia. Man, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. Real fast, last question. Do you just do a lot of touring supporting albums, or are you guys road warriors? I mean, you, you I know you've been here a couple times, yeah. and, but, uh, but how does that schedule work? I wouldn't work? say road warriors, but we, we like to travel and play shows when we can. Cool. Scott Carney is my guest today. Coming up next, the Dead Deads from the Tennessee Brew Works Block Party, Letitia, and I'm not sure exactly who, Meta, Hella, no, I'm sorry, Hella's on the band anymore. Sorry. Um, whoever else wants to join is certainly uh, welcome, and we'll do that coming up next on the Stone On Air podcast. At Stone On Air on all social media, you can download the show, any podcasting app you got, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, tune in. Do I need to keep going? No, I don't, because if it's available to be downloaded, that's where you can find it. Just stone on air, all one word. Scott Carney, thank you very much. And thank you, John Shoemaker from JJ's for allowing this to happen. And coming up next to Dead. Hang tight. Be right back.
Stone on Air. We'll be right back. He's cool. Stoneonair.com. Welcome back to the podcast. This is not how I normally do them. They're usually done, knocked out, and released that day. But this one's lasting over the course of a week. Started, obviously, just got done listening to the interview with Scott Carney from Wax Fang. I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. And since then, if you listen to this, you know what happened to Chris Cornell. And I hadn't listened to any of his music in a long time, and I mean, I'm a borderline super fan, but it's just been a little while. And I've listened about basically nothing but that since, and and I kind of forgot how deep and dark a lot of the, the lyrics of Soundgarden, not as much Audio Slaves, but certainly Soundgarden, and some in Audio Slave as well, and then some of his solo stuff. And sometimes you wonder, or at least I do, is this just a words put together in a thoughtful way, in a deep, you know, hauntingly beautiful way, or is some of these actual kind of living your life through song? The, the answer to that question right now is not is not important, but I often wonder that sometimes. And when prominent people die, depending on how you feel about it, how if it's big fan, not a fan, or don't like the person, you tend to react in certain ways. And that's what I want to talk to you about, Angie, in just a minute. So we'll put a uh, hold on that. But right now, I've got Letitia and Angie. I, uh, you know, when I talk to girls, I know all your stage names. That's right? fine. I, I can't ever remember what no they problem. are. Um, when I first heard about this and was thinking about what I was going to do for when I had you girls on, I, I was thinking, who is somebody I know that might have met or at least been in the presence of of Chris Cornell at some point? And I, your Letitia, your your name did cross my mind, and then I saw your Facebook post. Um, it, it, it appears at the time that you were around him was brief. Mm-hmm. Um, do you care to share a little bit of, of, of your thoughts about and, and, and being in, in the in, in presence, or, or did sure. you meet him specifically? Could you yeah. speak to that? A little bit? Sure. Um, I was dating his guitar player when he was on tour as um, Chris Cornell. And uh, they were on tour with Linkin Park at the time that uh, I spent the most time with them. It was, it was the dude from Perfect Circles band and Linkin Park and Chris. And um, one of my favorite, so I, I, it was over a period of time, yeah, that, that I was, that I saw him. But the what, circa what, what time frame are we talking about? 2009, maybe? Okay. Not terribly long ago. No, but uh, the video I posted is from is from backstage during that time. But uh, one of my favorite stories about it, which is what I posted on Facebook, was when we were all standing backstage and it was like five minutes till they were supposed to go on, or maybe four, like three. It was like they were just about to walk on, and their yeah. tour managers gathering them up. Where's Chris? Where's Chris? And Chris comes in in a full monk's cloak, with his laptop open. And he comes in and he's like, guys, I need everyone to gather around. And the manager's like, we don't have time for this, Chris. We don't have time. And he's like, this is very, very important. <laughs> this is a video that everyone needs to watch before we go on. It's very inspirational and very important. And so we're all like, oh, my God, what could this be? And he, like, takes his hood off his cloak and, like, pushes play. 
and we're all like watching quietly and then we just all start dying with laughter because it's Flight of the Concords doing their Lord of the Rings parody music video. And, <laughs> and he's just standing there solemn face while we're all like dying laughing. And so that- and Meanwhile, he's got to be on stage in Oh, and minutes. his manager's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was just, uh, I think that story's a really good snapshot of what he, he's a, just a funny, clever, dude and uh and laid back and it was um yeah it so i just wanted to share that with people i didn't say anything the first day or two i didn't know what to say i felt like that was a story that improved upon the silence well i'm, I'm glad you did and that and that kind of leads me into angie what i wanted to talk to you about i think you got some of the same reaction that i did uh, based on a post that you that you put on facebook uh i'll paraphrase it or at least skim it of uh, you put anxiety medications or uh, some of the most powerful drugs on the planet when side effects of medication or suicidal thoughts maybe bite your tongue and hold your judgments for a second if you want to point fingers point towards Pfizer big pharma things like that my guess is you got some of the reaction that I got of poor poor you know musician crybaby the, the whole teen angst we all got that in the 90s anyway um, if you would I mean is, am, am I guessing right I didn't I didn't do a lot of uh, research but I got a lot of that yeah I, I think just seeing a lot of the negative posts about you know what everybody thinks they know what happened or you know we don't really know only you know people closest to them know what happened and it's just it's just funny how people are so quick to judge rock stars or famous people like well if they're rock stars they should be able to handle yeah then everything must be all right they're superhuman like they don't have the normal diseases that everybody else has so i just it just kind of struck me because it's you know, I don't, I don't have depression or anxiety, but it's, it's been close to me before. I know people who haven't suffer from it all the time. So, I was just kind of like, <laughs> take a breath, yeah, chill shut out. up. I mean, let's, let's honor his music and what he's done for, basically our '90s. I mean, he and was a huge part of that. I'm a bigger fan of Audio Slave, but I respect the man and his talent, obviously. I, I, I'm not trying to turn this into all about that, but yeah. the, the show prep for this weekend changed in the middle of the week yeah. for me. And I got that same thing of just like, man, what a what a cheap ass, you know, lazy son of blogging. But I'm like, man, as I've gotten older, and I, I'm as drug free as I've ever been, and I still understand the you know anxiety, depression, and how and mix in some 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 drugs. I can see how that could be such a dangerous and and, and, and really difficult thing to grasp. But I, I just I wanted to just bring that up because I thought it sounded like you were getting some of the same reactions as I did. And yeah, maybe it's not cool, bro. Just bite your tongue, y'all, and like. Let his family sort things out first, for crying out loud. All right, let's talk about the band. Yeah. S snap your fingers, and 2017 is damn near halfway through. Isn't that insane? It is insane. And so let's talk about some of the guys. I haven't talked to you since New Year's uh, weekend. Tell me about how a show at the City Winery goes for a hard rock band. You opened up the year <laughs> with Corey Glover. I've only been there once, and it doesn't seem like a place that lends quite to the hard rock world. We were nervous about it. We weren't really sure what to do. <laughs> yeah, it's different than people are standing and, and drinking, waving their arms and stuff, rather than Bottles sitting of in front of candlelights. <laughs> yeah, I think I said a few smart-ass, adorable things. I don't remember. <laughs> like, I was trying to be charming, but yet make light of the situation, because it was kind of awkward, because the tables, it's not just like people are sitting. They're sitting, like, under your tits. Yes, <laughs> like, and everybody's like sharing right. tables. Like, you're they all crammed right. in there. Yeah, yeah it's, right up front. Too. It's not it's just funny. sitting, it's sitting like beneath you. Like I could touch them with my toes if I reached my leg out. So it was it was very funny, you know. I just asked people to raise their wine glasses and just <laughs> but 
but it ended up being a freaking blast. It was really fun. That's a great venue. It sounds great in yeah, there. The people at City Winery are so kind, and they treat artists really well, and we were honored to play there, and we would totally do it again. Yeah. About three weeks later, the Tabernacle. Holy cow. Had to have been as about amazing. As, I mean, there's a lot of amazing things you're going to be able to, you know, hopefully do continuing, but... Jesus Christ, standing on the stage at Tabernacle would blow me away. It was psycho. That <laughs> night was psycho because, like, Angie just kind of pointed at me because she knows it meant a lot to me. But I, um, all my life I've gone to rock shows there, and that was kind of like my Ryman. That's my church because yeah. I grew up in Chattanooga. So that was, like, that's my holy place to play. And the fact that we were playing there opening for such a band like Alter Bridge, which is a, just a kick-ass band, and the fact that, you know, the place was full when we walked out there and, there was some kind of weird thing with um, some kind of sporting event where they had to push us up 30 minutes. And so we ended up, we were in, I was in like kind of overalls and like a ball cap backwards. None of us had X's on. They're like, y'all go in. We were doing sound check. They're like, y'all go on in five. We're like, what the hell? <laughs> so here we are like playing my mother church with absolutely this anxious like, Oh my God! Okay, it's time to go now. We were like running Spinal Tap style back to the back to like get our <laughs> eyeliner to put our X's on. It was pretty crazy, but amazing show. Yeah, was, I mean, it was great. It was it, great. I think you got to the stage like while our like intro music was yeah. playing. I was like, "Where's our singer, <laughs> dude? <laughs> Whoa! Uh, I'm looking outside. A oh. brutal wind just blew tents over. There goes the tent. Oh, wow, I knew there was potentially. Some oh my weather. God! There's Jack Sparrow. I'm so <laughs> excited. Oh man, that tent is. <laughs> Hope everybody's oh, all right out there. It yeah. went from classy to shasty out there. <laughs> I think it's blowing through. At least I hope so anyway. Oh, man. I got to warn my family. I got to buy bread and milk. Shortly after, shortly after you do the hometown tour, I'm telling you, Letitia, every time you guys come to Chattanooga recently, it's on a Friday. And I know that it would seem weird that Friday's a bad day for me, but I'm done on Fridays. <laughs> Saturday's my day. My jam and my day is on Saturday, but that, that had been pretty cool, hitting uh, all the hometowns. It was. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. We had great crowds in every city. and uh, We dominated. We did really well. We played our asses off. It was, it was a lot of fun. Speaking of songwriting and um, telling stories or, 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 <laughs> or, or, or kind of living your life through your art, You've done you you do a little bit of all that, Letitia, over all the years. So I know some of how you used to do things. How does the songwriting work amongst you you four? As as far as start to finish, is it is it is it uniform? Is it you just figure it out as you go? How do you guys put songs together? Well, I guess it kind of varies lately, but generally our our way of doing that is just getting into a room. If someone comes with an idea, we test that first and. Um, you know, if, if Meta comes with lyrics or, you know, Daisy comes with a bass riff, whatever it is, we start building off of whatever that is. And until the song just kind of naturally builds itself, it's, it's really strange, but nice. <laughs> yeah, we, we write it all at once. We, we experiment in times of like when people are traveling or something's going on, like two or three of us will gather. But usually it's all four of us. And then we've done a few writing sessions with other people. We haven't really used any of that stuff, but we do experiment with that. I think we're going in our guitar player and bass player and me are going in with uh, Matt Mahaffey next week to song write, just sure. experiment with that. But, you know, for the most part, we're just all in one room. And then we get the music down, and then I take a, a voice memo of the music, and then I write the lyrics in the car. I was, I was, was going to go right there. Do you, 
in, in general, do you look for a hook and then add lyrics to it, or do you have the lyrics later throw it on the hook? I mean, is, or is it however oh, it, it comes, comes to you first? One, it comes all at one time. Because so. your, last, your last album for your obliteration was produced by Paige Hamilton, mm-hmm. right? Of the 90s band Helmet. In, uh, meet, Ooh, in the meantime, current band, they just had a record out, so. They're still playing. They're still a band. Well, in, in the meantime, and, and Betty <laughs> are, are my jams, but. Uh. Is it, is it safe to say that if Paige Hamilton didn't ever come into the picture, that this lyric might not have happened? I, I mean, is that a fair... Yeah. Just question? <laughs> yes. Because that's the very first thing I heard when I was like, how clever. Yeah. Tish, I that Tish was, did it again. I gave, it, I gave that to him. That was... My, I know you were very perceptive, but I literally was like, he's kind of like, he loves himself, and we love him, and yeah. there's nothing, he knows he loves himself. He's a great dude, but he loves himself. Well, <laughs> and, uh, that's, that's the opening we track were like, off the record. We were like, I was thinking, like, it would be so awesome to put his name in a song, but that seemed too much. So Paige just putting Hamilton, Hamilton yeah, was rock good. and roll helmet. I don't know. Yeah, but so up. I just went with helmet. <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> went with helmet, and that worked. Oh my God! They're not gonna. These tents are not gonna last. Yeah, I hope you yeah. guys actually get to do your set sometime here soon. We'll see. I just feel bad that I had my boyfriend bring his kids. We'll, we'll, <laughs> like put, the, we'll put the wraps on this here in a minute so you can make dangerous. sure everything's oh, together. We got nothing to do. So as I mentioned, half the year's already gone. Things you uh, you got planned for the for the next six months? What, what what what's in the works? Well, we are planning on releasing an EP this summer, uh, July fourth on Independence Day. Um, so that's pretty exciting to get to get some new material out there, and then otherwise we're just writing for the new the new record, which we hope to release before the end of the year. And um, you can go into this as much or as little as you want, but I have to ask because I've been asked by so many people. Uh, you're now to a four piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your sister, who I've known virtually as long as I've known you, mm-hmm. um, is not in the band anymore. And I and I've been asked and asked and asked and asked and asked. Ah, and I, well, that's I because cool. they well they, people that's locally cool. back home assume that I just know. Yeah. So you're a four piece now. Anything you'd like to let you know anybody know about that? Oh, that, what that are transition. their what are their questions? <laughs> what what the hell happened to Mandy? Oh. <laughs> that's that's the, uh, the the generalized question. Oh well, um, I think when we started the band. It started as a fun project, like, you know, oh, well, maybe we'll play a show one day or something. And it happened six months later, we're on a national tour, and I turned into a, a Megatron bitch. Like, <laughs> if we're going to do this, everybody's got to be way tighter than we are right now. And I can't, we can't go playing national tours sounding like a garage band, you know, we got to be good. So I just, I feel like that became very important to us and all of us. And so we started, it became a job, you know? We were just really working yeah. really, really hard. You guys have moved on from day, regular day job, work right. life, and th- this yeah. is now your so, job. This is it. Yeah. So now, I mean, describe describe what our life is like. And it's it's tough. Like, it's when, when you're working and then you're doing this in your free time, basically, and it becomes this super giant and taking over that... <laughs> We're just watching the rain, sorry. I'm, the, I'm uh, just wondering if someone moved our gear out of the rain. I, so it's it's really tough, and especially tough when we're in between tours, when we're in between riding. Like, we're workaholics. We work really hard, and it's tough if we're, you know, if it's, if we're not on the road. You know, and, we're road and dogs. Then, and then once you get on the road, it's really tough because you're sleeping in a van, 
and it's just not for everybody. And I think that at the end of the day, we had to, we just kept being like, just, just if we can just keep it together, if we can just keep it together. And it ended up being like, you know, that's not for everybody. And that wasn't the life she wanted. So, and, and in the end, you might be able to tight, tighten it up a little bit with less moving parts too, maybe. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, know. it's been, sure. it's, it has made travel easier, just having four people. Her, her, um, she was having to do some flight travel just because the van travel was physically bothering her. Yeah. Um, at which we don't have the budget for that, so she was paying for that out of pocket, which was crazy. So I mean, it was just too much for for where she was at. But yeah, it's it, it has made travel simpler. Um, you know, we're in one hotel room instead of two. <laughs> but and then just as far as the the show, I, I'd say it's a little more roots. It's just rock and roll. There's no keys in it now, so it's a more guitar-driven thing, which we like, and we're feeling really good about it. And I think the fans are have been very receptive and very understanding of her, you know, wanting to do her thing. Right. Letitia and Angie from the Dead Deads. I'll let you go so you can make sure everything. God, it's coming down. It looks. Big time every, right now. It looks like we're covered up. We're good. Um, we got some dead core out there watching our gear. I can I, see. I, that's on my list here. Shout awesome. out to the dead core. To uh, just. Yeah, I, we have. We I have, hashtag them on all the stuff I have, want you guys to see. Thank They're you. Awesome. We we've got dead core um, that have been to over fifty shows now. I see a couple I recognize yeah, right over there. <laughs> that big handsome fellow right there, yes. that's Dish Dead. And I think, I think, I think I this might be his Twitter. 54th, 53rd, yeah. somewhere I, in there. Yeah, 54th, I think. Last question. How happy are you that something like this was able to come together when you were in your mid-30s and not your early to mid-20s? Oh, it's way better now. How, how, how <laughs> can you imagine this mess when you were basically a child? Because I could, no. I wouldn't know how to do it. It's horrifying. Yeah, I don't imagine having like the same like career day job for all my life. So it's good to have this, you know, this is real life, this real job, you know, as a musician come into play. Like when I'm old enough to realize I don't want to do that other shit for the rest <laughs> of my life. Yeah, it's like they're like you gotta choose. Do you want to be an artist or do you want to have a real job? And we were all like, uh, real job. And then we all had real jobs and got successful and made a bunch of money. And we're like, real job now suck. we want to do the other one that we didn't pick. Can we do that one now? And everyone said, no, you're too old. And then we were like, okay, well, oops, we did it anyway. Yeah. It, my back is sore, but it's fine. It'll be Sorry. fine. Thank yeah, you. We're a, little, we're a little old to be sleeping on couches, but we do it anyway. Well, trust me, I'm still sleeping on couches, too. <laughs> Thank you uh, very much, girls. For, for, for the love of the by. craft. And uh, I'm going to catch a show, and I'm going to get the hell out of here. Live at the uh, Tennessee Brew Works block party. It was at JJ's for the first half of the show with Wax Fang. Stone Sec on air! Second half of the show, live at Tennessee Brew Works. We're getting blown away outside. We're not. That's hell, insane. I'm we nothing. I'm, 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 I'm gold over here. <laughs> But uh, thank you, Angela and, thank you. Uh, and, and Leticia. And, you know, when I went to find another song I wanted to play by uh, one of Chris's bands on the way out, I figured, what's the better song you could play than do whatever you want to do, just leave me the fuck alone? How about that? Appreciate you guys hanging out. I was going to try to talk to somebody else, but I'm out. I'm done. If anybody asks where I'm at, just tell them I'm gone. See you. Bye.